office life, how I miss you. Why, I can recall so many fond memories that you and I shared. Wrestling with the photocopier's latest paper jam. Listening to Brenda, my closest coworker, updating me that the AC is too cold. Listening to Brenda, informing me that the AC is too hot. Watching Andy grab a donut, knowing he didn't wash his hands after using the washroom. Oh, and of course, Dave's alluring cologne that I too can enjoy from across the room. How I miss office life. And you know what's funny? I bet you do too. While a lot of us are home right now, Canadian HR and finance teams are re-looking at how much office space they need and how we'll use that space in the future. Has the pandemic forced you to consider a new office layout? Well, you're in luck because that's what we're talking about today. Did I mention how much I missed overhearing Dave's love of marching bands? I'm Jeff Livingston and this is ADP Canada's Insights at Work podcast. Let's dive in. This is the podcast that looks at what's happening in the HR world, takes your questions and studies the research to help HR experts move forward. It's prepared by HR experts for HR experts. Over the last few months, ADP Canada conducted a series of surveys that looked at how COVID has impacted our workplace. Responses were collected from thousands of Canadian workers and the data was pretty surprising. Today, we're going to look into what those managers and frontline workers are expecting from their employers and what their business leaders are planning to do with the company's real estate footprint. Joining us today to share his insights into what his clients are saying, the shift he's seen in Canadian commercial real estate, and the new way in which we work in those office spaces is Jamie Grossman, Managing Principal of the Toronto Cressa Office. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Jeff, awesome to be here and thank you for inviting me. Jamie, things are changing fast with how Canadians are using office space. But before we get into what those changes are and what you've seen, I've always been fascinated at the number of parties involved in real estate and what goes into selecting and managing office space. It's not just a matter of finding a location and flipping the light switches on. So, could you please fill me in on Canada's commercial real estate stage? Who are the key players? All right, Jeff, I'm going to make this quite simple with three groups. The first group are the people who control real estate. So these are your landlords, your investors, your operators of commercial buildings. The second group are your users. These are often companies that either lease their buildings or in some cases own and operate their own buildings. And then in between are lots of different intermediaries. These are the companies and organizations that assist both the owners of real estate and their users of real estate. That's where Cressa sits. We are a very unique company that helps the occupier develop their real estate strategies. We help our clients negotiate new space 
we help renegotiate existing leases, and when needed, we help organizations dispose of the real estate they no longer require. We help companies design and construct their space. We help procure furniture. And finally, we assist in ensuring that the space performs over time as it was supposed to. And we do all of this while only representing the occupier and never representing the landlord. Wow, Jamie, it sounds like you're an advocate for tenants looking to buy office space. Not just office space, we work in the office sector, the industrial sector, and the retail sector. And Jamie, do you service all of Canada? Cresta has multiple offices in major cities across the country, including Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal. And we service our clients across the entire country with other partners when our clients need to be in smaller markets across the country. Jamie, you sound like some sort of real estate superhero. I got a basket of Toblerone bars and oranges from my agent after we closed on my first home. What's the difference between commercial real estate and residential real estate? Despite being in the midst of a pandemic, my neighborhood home prices have skyrocketed. Does commercial real estate mirror the same market drivers that I'm going to encounter when I'm trying to find a new home? So the residential and commercial markets are very, very different. Uh, everything from how decisions are made, the market dynamics, the way property is valued, the sensitivity of markets around uh, supply and demand are very different. The cost of construction, the process and the timelines associated with build, and even the negotiation process are very, very different. But I would say those worlds have started to merge a little bit. Over the last five years, I've seen more and more office design starting to take on a much more retail or residential feel. And as we know, the home itself has become the new office. Jamie, where does the HR professional fit into this cast of characters? Why is their role important? And how has it changed over the years in terms of leading how a company's real estate strategy unfolds? I think the best way to, to think about this is to look at it from the employee perspective. So as an employee, we're often concerned with how much money we can make, what does upward mobility look like, does my organization give me the opportunity for learning? We of course want to align our personal goals with the organizations and the company we keep. But I think when we also decide where we want to work and spend a significant portion of our life, we do take into consideration things like the length of your commute or the work environment or the technology tools that have been provided to you to allow you to do the work that you love. We have had, and I think we continue to have, a war on talent in Canada. And real estate has always been an important part in helping to attract and retain talent within an organization. And space has an enormous impact on the ability to project cultural-based initiatives. Space, in many respects, tells the employee what actions and what types of behaviors are appropriate versus those that are, are viewed as less appropriate. So we have seen a real rise, and this is not new, um, where the HR professionals have a dramatic impact in real estate decision-making, especially because it's so important to find that great talent. And going forward, 
I believe that HR professionals will either lead or co-lead the entire process of real estate decision-making with the CFO or on their own. So, Jamie, it's pretty clear that HR works pretty closely with finance for real estate needs. But in addition to HR working alongside finance, what have you seen in regards to how connected the HR professional is with other parts of the company in managing its real estate concerns? About 10 years ago, I would say most real estate decisions were made by CEOs and CFOs. In the last five to 10 years, we've seen a growing number of HR professionals really leading the charge. I think as we move forward from here, the role of the CTO and the impact that technology is gonna be having on how we think about space, they'll be very much in the fold and, ver and a very big part of real estate decision-making going forward. Jamie, when I think of real estate, I think of needing a good location, a reception area, a conference room, a desk and a kitchenette, where I might occasionally enjoy sneaking some of Heather's coffee cream for my morning coffee. Does the HR professional see something different than what I'm seeing? Well, first and foremost, I think you should probably buy your own cream. But beyond that, in terms of what the HR professionals are seeing, is a real desire for people to move around and to look for different environments in which to perform their tasks. There's a desire to be untethered from the desk. And on any given point of any given day, we find that most organizations are underutilizing their real estate because people get up from their desks, they walk, they work in conference rooms, they work in their cars, they work in coffee shops. And so what the HR professionals have really been seeing is this desire for people to move around an office environment over time and to really find the appropriate spaces for the types of behaviors and work that any employee is doing. So for example, people need a certain type of space when they need to focus. They need other space when they're collaborating and other spaces required for social behaviors and for re-energizing in the workplace. Look, Jamie, firstly, I don't see Heather's name on that coffee cream carton, so technically it's up for grabs. But anyway, we'll keep that little secret just between you and I. What I found interesting when I came into the office on Friday mornings was how many empty desks I'd see. And I think you're really onto something when you mention how the office worker wants to move around the office and work from different locations. How often do you think a staff member's desk might sit empty? On average, looking across many different industries, many different sizes of organizations, it's not uncommon that we will see about 55% utilization of an average workplace, meaning 45% of the time, the actual desks, workstations, or offices are unoccupied while other areas of the space are either being used or people are just not at the office. Well, that is a pretty eye-opening stat. And speaking of empty workspaces, which I'm sure is something you see quite a bit these days, I'm reminded of a recent ADP study showing that remote work is here to stay and that Canadian workers prefer flexibility in where they're working. What have you seen out there in the field in terms of companies responding to the increased need to support their remote workers? Most employees in the office sector would prefer to spend part of their time working remotely. 
most surveys that we've conducted, most research I've read, is that employees value choice and they enjoy not being tied down to their desk. But this, this really isn't a shock. I think that this existed way before the current pandemic. And I think it's natural human behavior that people value autonomy in their decision making. Now what we're seeing is that since so many employees have had been pushed to work from home, not as many people as we would have thought actually like it 100% of the time. Actually, it's exactly the opposite. Less than 20% of the people that we talk to really want to spend 100% of their time working from home going forward. What people miss most about the office is people. They miss the energy, they miss the collaboration, they miss the social environment. So the other new thing that we're seeing is that employers more than ever are embracing the idea of remote and agile work, and we believe that this is here to stay. Jeff, I think there is an enormous opportunity that is coming down. One, more employees have now, more than ever, have the real opportunity to become untethered from traditional office and office hours and can achieve more flexibility that they have long desired. And equally, organizations have the opportunity to become more efficient in the way they design, allocate, and pay for their real estate going forward. Jamie, you and I met earlier this year, just before the pandemic hit, at one of the big three accounting firms, downtown Toronto offices. Now, this office building's layout is based upon a 100% hoteling format. How effective do you feel that the concept of hoteling is? I mean, we all want to be part of an organization, and sometimes this thought of not having a permanent residence maybe is viewed as a lack of belonging to an organization. I think that that mindset is is quickly changing. I, I think that today the employees are understanding that the cost or the trade-off of having the flexibility and the ability to work more remotely is the recognition that going forward it may be unreasonable for my organization to provide every single person a desk all of the time. And so we're really seeing a movement away from this one-to-one -one ratio of employees to desks, which is changing how organizations are thinking about space and space allocation, as well as technology. So Jamie, is hoteling the wave of the future? Is it the preferred layout to come? So for many organizations, the definition of hoteling is misunderstood. There's this idea that hoteling means you never have an address that is yours, you always come into the office every day hoping to find a spot that you can work. And obviously the downside is that lack of connection between an employee and their organization. In fact, there are many different alternative workplace strategies. Hoteling is just one of them. Uh, two others that we're seeing really on the rise today are byproducts of hoteling. One is we call neighborhooding, where departments basically still have their own locations within an office. And so teams can still work very closely together. But maybe instead of every team member having a dedicated desk, each team itself has a dedicated area with enough desks to basically meet the number of people who come in on any given day. 
A second version of this is what we used to define as alternative or activity-based work, where the space is in fact set up where you may not sit in the same seat every day, but rather, depending on the type of work you're doing, you can use different types of spaces across the day. So that is a focus area that's closed where nobody bothers you and where there's real great sound attenuation. That might be other areas where there's a lot of vibrancy and creativity and technology around you. That might be kitchen areas, that might be couches. So you're not only experiencing different types of environments, but you're also using different types of posture in terms of whether or not you're working in a stand-up scenario, if you're perching, if you're sitting down, if you're on a couch, if you're on a chair, all these different changes allow us to do different types of work more effectively. It sounds like our office space needs change throughout the day. Sometimes I require a space to keep my head down and churn out great work like these amazing podcasts. Other times I need to meet with my team and brainstorm. Other times I need to sneak some of Heather's coffee cream. Is this what your team's seeing? Most employees would trade the size of their personal workspace to have more variety of the types of environments they work in and the number of people that they work around. And so again, that's where this becomes a little bit of a trade-off, whereas you can do your best work in the environment that you feel is best for you to be high performance. The other benefit is it supports wellness and sustainability. We all know the statistics of how unhealthy it is to sit at your desk for hours on end or to eat at your desk. One of the byproducts of movement around the space is that you are getting up and that you are getting energy. And, and, and to us, that's an important part of creating a higher level of engagement in people. Um, and it, it's really important, I think, moving forward, uh, for, again, from the employee attraction and retention perspective, to create those opportunities for longer-term wellness and productivity. So, Jamie, we've touched on office layout. Let's talk about technology. In our last podcast, an interesting stat was shared. It was that over the past three to four months, the amount of new technology introduced to the Canadian worker was typical to what they normally experience over a period of three to four years. So in terms of new technology, what are you seeing introduced into our office spaces? In terms of technology, there are two trends that I'm seeing. The first is how important it's going to be to have a strong CTO who understands real estate technology and recognizes that Technology, in many respects, will enable change of real estate and vice versa. We are going to see a significant shift in office strategy that removes the traditional ratio of one office space to one employee. Actually, in many respects, many companies have more available office space to support growth than the number of employees that it currently has. With that movement from one-to-one -one ratio, you will have needs around booking software. If you no longer have a dedicated desk in a traditional format, you need a technology that allows you to get online and book a desk or book a conference room or book an area. As people continue to work remotely, uh, security is gonna become a much larger issue. So will 
collaboration tools. Um, as companies come back to their offices, uh, it will not be unlikely that you will run meetings with half the team in the room and half the team being on Zoom or another collaboration tool. So video conferencing, file sharing, all of this is gonna be elevated in the next generation of technology planning. At Cressa, we have collaborated with a Canadian technology company to bring a product called Go Spaces to market. This is an application that allows our clients to book space. It allows people to engage in cultural activities with gamification. And it also is very supportive of contact tracing, which in the current day has become more and more important. With what looks like a second wave taking place across North America, it appears that companies have reversed their decision to return to the office in large numbers. How has the second wave affected the real estate market? If I'm an HR professional looking for new commercial space, is it a buyer's market out there? It's very quickly becoming a buyer's market, uh, especially in spots like Toronto. Uh, Toronto has long been one of the tightest markets in North America. And even though we've seen a increase in the amount of real estate supply, the demand side is really slow. And therefore, if you're a company today who has a lease expiring or you have the flexibility to reevaluate your real estate, you're very much in the driver's seat. There is a significant interest and you will find the market very excited to be able to put together an opportunity that could work for your organization. We think that this is just the beginning. We do believe that the markets are gonna to continue to move in favor of tenants and occupiers. We wouldn't suggest trying to time the bottom of the market, but rather your business needs should really truly drive when you're in the market and the opportunities are going to be much better, we believe, for the next couple of years than they've been for the two years prior. Okay, before we get to your list of favorites, what are the most asked questions that you're facing from HR and finance professionals right now? The questions today have become thoughtful, strategic in nature. We're asked very often, when is the right time when I'm ready and how do I safely and effectively integrate my people back into the workplace? We're spending a lot of time with people thinking about how can I create rent reduction and cash preservation strategies. And as companies are starting to think about longer term space, where do I start? How do I as an organization embrace the future of a mobile worker? What's gonna be the impact on my people, my culture, my technology, and inevitably my space. Jamie, all great questions, all great insights. Tell me, how would our listeners get a hold of you? A couple ways. Um, email is jgrossman at cressa.com. Our number is 416-862-2666. And our website is www.cressa.com. All right, fantastic. So let's shift gears. You ready to do a rapid fire list of your favorite things? Let's do it. All right, here we go. First one, what's your favorite tool to help get work done? I'm old school. I love the phone. I love talking to people. Jamie, I could tell that and that's why you've been such a great guest. All right, number two, what's your favorite resource to go to for industry information? 
COSTAR is a great research tool, but I still find my best resource are the relationships that I built in the industry over the last 22 years. At ADP, we call that being a connector. All right, what's your favorite music album? Moving Pictures by Rush. Oh, not bad. A good old Canadian boy. All right, your favorite hero or villain growing up? That would be Animal from the Muppets. And as you can tell, I am a drummer. I bet your neighbors just loved you growing up. Okay, your favorite cartoon or toy as a kid? I would have to say the Millennium Falcon, which my mother sold in a garage sale, and I will never forgive her for it. Oh, I don't think I could forgive her either. The highly coveted Millennium Falcon. Sadly, I just had the Star Wars figurines and had to make my ships out of shoeboxes and tin cans. But the kids next door, they had the Millennium Falcon, which... I could observe every now and again through my window. They even had a green machine, while I had to make do with a hand-me-down big wheel. I had the green machine, I have to say. All of a sudden, I feel like my childhood was a lot better than I remember it. Well, I'm glad I can help you relive those memories. All right, last one. What's your favorite piece of advice that you give to someone who's just starting out in their career? That would be to... Be as helpful as you can be. Help as many people as you can. Think more long-term. I find that the more people you help, the, the money and the success will follow. Well, I'm really glad that you helped me out today by appearing on the podcast. And I'm sure you've also helped out a lot of our listeners who are now looking at their commercial real estate strategy. Doing my best. And I'm trying to do my best. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Jamie. Thanks for having me. And this is the part of the podcast where I thank everyone for listening in. I know it's tough to find time to carve out for thought leadership, and I appreciate you, the listener, for making the time for us. Anything we can do to help ourselves get better at something is time well spent. On our next episode, we'll be talking with more HR experts about today's most important HR issues. I'm Jeff Livingston. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and be kind. We'll see you soon on our next episode of ADP's Insights at Work. <laughs>